Ladies and gentlemen, I am always am Walker Stewart, accompanied by my cohort, none other than James Souther. James, how you doing today, buddy? We're talking about world class tonight. It is always a good day when we get to talk about some world-class wrestling. For, for the first time, our first show we get to review, we introduced ourselves, we gave a little world-class history last time we were here, but now it's time, we're, we're jumping back in the time machine, and we are headed to 1981, February 22nd to be specific, in Reunion Arena in downtown Dallas, Texas. It is time for Star Wars. WCCW Star Wars is on lock, but here's the thing, James, we have some other things coming up that we want to talk to you all about we have the podcast that you're listening to right now you might be listening to this podcast on a multitude of platforms you might be listening on 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 apple podcasts what google podcasts what spotify what stitcher what pod chaser what tune in what iHeartRadio. what pandora Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, you, might, you might be listening on a, on a multitude of these platforms. And on all of these platforms, you will find a podcast review section. It might be out of 100. It might be out of 10. It might be out of five stars. In fact, if, if it is out of five stars, like Apple Podcasts, like Spotify, you could rate us a one-star rating. No, 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 no. How about this? I'll, I'll, make, I'll make the people an offer. I'm, oh, okay. I'm feeling generous. Walker. Oh, my gosh. How about this? Say whatever you want about us in our in your review. You can talk if the tri- if the show sucks, if we're garbage, tell us. Wow. Tell us we're god awful. And then but as long as you rate 5 stars, 100, 10, whatever the scale is, if you rank that, write whatever you want in the comments and we will still read your we, we will read your review as long as it's ranked 5 stars. You wow. want to rank us 1 star and then tell us how great we are, we ain't going to read it. Wow, that's phenomenal. What an offer from Diamond Jim here tonight. I, I, I am a generous and benevolent man. <laughs> I'm figuring that out slowly <laughs> but surely. Uh, you know, it's not very generous for you to force me to sit through this god-awful show we have to talk about here today in WCCW Star Wars 1981. I got to tell you, James, I went in with very high expectations. Everyone's always talking, oh, it's the Von Erics, it's the Von Erics, the Sportatorium. Uh, all right, when, when I said world-class championship wrestling is going to be good, I didn't say 1981 was the highlight year, all right? <laughs> it, it, it's a little rough. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, if there were still, there were some good things on this card. It wasn't as bad as you make it out to be. It's not heroes it's wrestling. It's not heroes of wrestling. It, it, could, it could always be worse. You it, play, it, was a, it was a decent show. It you, was a good show. You want to play 21? I got 22. I got 22. I have 20. I watched this show and for I got 22 minutes. Pants too long to snake in your pants what what all right we got wccw star wars 1981 one of two shows that we are reviewing from the year of 1981 on the last episode that we we did we talked about a couple of different things like some of the wrestling observer newsletter awards like rick flair and how we won't even see rick flair in the freaking company for another two years but um you know we we're just gonna dive right into it so follow us along at home we're gonna talk about this card and run it down our ring announcer for tonight of course none other than the legendary bill mercer our commentator for tonight we don't know we never gotten on camera i uh, this is a 
era of world class that I'll honestly admit I'm not as familiar with. I'm a, a Bill Mercer guy, but uh, Bill was at the ring this time, and we had a commentator who uh, didn't seem quite sure of what was going on most of the night. Well, and that's not to say he did a bad job, though. No, no, I think no. From no. two commentators' perspectives, I can say, like, honestly, that I enjoyed it, and he, he Joey Styles did it in the booth tonight. Uh, pre Joey Styles era, where he w- he was on the one man, didn't even have a guest commentator for any of the matches. Um, completely fine. I mean, there was nothing to write home about. But maybe maybe I was also you know some of these guys I'm seeing for the first time. I've heard of guys like the Great Kabuki. Never had gotten to see a Great Kabuki match. Uh, I've heard of guys like Fritz von Erich. Uh, never really watched a full match of his. You know what I mean? And when so- Kabuki blow the mist, brother. <laughs> Shit hit the fan. That's what well, we found out what hit the fan in this show. We <laughs> kick off the show here tonight with Mil Mascaras, or as this unnamed commentator refers to him as, Mil Mascaras is here. I, I can tell. You know, Mexico's only like, it's, it's not super far compared to like New York. You know, you know only what I mean? five, like, seven hundred miles south. You know, yeah, not this, not too far from the border here. But uh, I'm just saying, you couldn't accent that one at all, Miss Mil Mascaras. You know, I couldn't get any of that on this card. And it, what's funny is I don't know if someone was in his ear or anything like that. I don't know if we had that technology back in this time. But he eventually corrects himself halfway through the match and then just starts switching it. Yeah, at some point he just starts going back and forth, referring to Mascaras and Mascaras, and. It, it, it was kind of amusing as a commentator to hear that, but it, it was a good opening match. I it, mean, it was did. like uh, Vince McMahon on commentary talking about the Beverly Brothers, but he didn't know the difference between the Beverly Brothers, so he's just calling them Beverly. Hey, I can't say I've never done that in a show before. I'll tell you that much. But at the very least, at least I at least I was getting the last name correct. You know what I'm saying? It was it was something. But hey. Uh, we don't even get like an intro package to this. We don't get no VTR, nothing. Uh, not even a cut to the commentator. We just get cold open on Mil Mascaris's entrance, and this, that's all I can call him anymore, James. I don't know who this man is. You have been ruined. He is Mil Mascaris. This isn't Mil Mascaris. If he's working in Mexico, he is Mil Mascaris. If he's working in World Class or Houston, he is Mil Mascaris. Yeah, bro, they Americanized his name. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Mil Mascaris took on none other than killer Tim Brooks. I gave my one Tim Brooks story on the last episode of the podcast, so if you missed that, make sure you go ahead, go check that the, out. The, the get, a, get a whole history lesson there. The, the suspicious double wrestling trainer being shot in drug deal. What, I are still, you doubting my stories? Am I, I, I'm not doubting, it's just there, there's, there's some clarifications that need to be made. Maybe they can go check out the Blade Job Wrestling podcast and hear the story from Toxic Trent himself. But anyways, back to the topic at hand here. Killer Tim Brooks. What more can I say? It was a great opening match. Mil Mascaris, of course, the the clear-cut good guy here, and Killer Tim Brooks using the dirty underhand tactics to take over, using open or closed-hand punches, and which Mill eventually got back. You know, classic tit-for-tat trading. Yeah, but so we, we opened the match here tonight with the most... Lovely Greco-Roman knuckle lock exchange, which they held in for a good while. It was not like lock up, 
one guy goes down to the knees, overpower into the bridge, nothing like that. Like, they did the bridge spot and everything. It was great. No way in hell Killer Tim Brooks was bridging tonight, brother, because he just falls right on his back, <laughs> transitions out of it, but keeps the fingers locked. It was really good. It was really good. Um, a lot of more technical stuff out of Brooks than I expected to see here tonight. I don't know if it was being partnered up with Musca- M- Mascaris that well, caused that. He or? was a more technical guy at the start of his career and slowly adapted into killer Tim Brooks with the long, shaggy hair and beard and brawling style that he would become known for in Texas, but definitely had a solid background and got to put it on display with Mill. Well, we don't know how many people are packed into this arena here tonight, the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas. What we do know is this announcer, I don't even know if I can trust his his credibility because we don't even know his name. Uh, there are thousands on hand here tonight. They zoom out the, uh, the hard cam shot you can tell. It's very obvious that there are a lot of people. There are no camera tricks. I'm a producer. There are no camera tricks that will put that many people in seats. Man. He later goes on to call it the uh, largest attendance recorded there. I'm sure they'd go on to break that several more times during yeah. the Freebird Von Eric feud. But definitely a, a great crowd on hand at Reunion Arena and a, a great setup with just the singular old school jumbotron right over the ring it a phenomenal look yeah 100 percent. here's the thing though we had uh the announcer kind of got a little jumbled because he started just talking like he had no clue what was happening on this show this dude was not handed a, a run sheet this dude had no one in his ear to tell him what was happening he knew i mean hey we've worked shows like that but come on man that was it was it was something uh, said something along the lines of like, well, I'm sure this is going to be one of the better matches we see here tonight. And I was like, wait, wait, wait to bury every other match on the card. That's phenomenal. Um, we have the NWA rule spot. I can't believe it. Our first NWA rule spot in the very first match. Uh, Mascaras whips Brooks into the turnbuckle. Brooks springboards over the top and falls to the outside. Tries to tell referee David Manning that Mascaras tossed him over. And the match continued despite this. Yeah, David Manning had none of it. He said, Mascaras whipped you in. You jumped over the ropes. Brought him back to inside. Match continued on again the first time we'd see the spot tonight but not the last well that's that's true do we who is the agent for this damn match james i don't know what's going do we have any rules here in the nwa big time <laughs> world-class wrestling uh, I've, ne- I've never heard that said in my life before <laughs> i've never heard that statement at a wrestling no game. i've never heard that uh the announcer keeps putting over the fact that Referee David Manning is feuding with Tim Brooks. Wow, like a referee wrestler feud. While Manning is currently wrestling one of the top luchas in, uh, like, I don't know if he was at that point in this time or Killer Tim Brooks is wrestling Mill Mascaras. Yes, like I, what, what did I say? You said Manning was. Wrestling oh yeah, Mascaras. no, David Manning was supposed. To, now I'd pay money to see that, brother. <laughs> I don't care what you say. David Manning is apparently the most over guy on the show. He's on the show the most out of anyone compared to any other wrestler, and he had the most uh, announcer credibility thrown his he, way. He, he couldn't be in the office, could he? No, oh, there's no way David Manning was in the office. Huh? Um, after that, of course, a, a phenomenal quote from our announcer on Tim Brooks. Better places to spend his money than on his clothes, I guess. Well, 
Killer Tim Brooks was a uh, rough and tumble guy, you know, <laughs> not the uh, flashy gold-looking gear as Hit, described. Was he hitting the uh, bars? Uh, what was going on down uh, there in uh, the sport you know, of touring? Uh, cheers and cheers, Killer Tim Brooks. Uh, <laughs> there, there, I might have made a visit to the Sportatorium, and there's a sign for Ed's Liquor just down the road. I have a feeling there might have been a a few visits there for Killer Tim Brooks, but this, nonetheless, this does not shock me. Um, we get some. Pretty rough-looking punches with Mascaras and Brooks both throwing. I don't even want to say potatoes. It was just like some of them were like, whoa, and then others looked like they didn't even connect at all, um, or at the very least they were pulled pretty heavily. Um, in what was the biggest pop other than the finish? I guess this does lead kind of into the finish. Uh, I don't know if Brooks was putting people away with leg drop brothers at the time, but Brooks goes for this leg drop. Uh, Moscados gets out of the way. Huge pop. Arena erupts. I was like, what? Like this, you got to keep in mind, I started watching wrestling in 2010. I went back and watched some Attitude Era stuff. I've seen some of those more classic matches like, uh, you know, Steamboat going in there and Savage. I've seen all these guys. um, But I've never seen someone pop for a spot so simple. In the opening match. No, in the opening match, this wasn't even the main. It's not like, you know, it's not like either of these guys were incapable of bumping or anything like that. So I just, I thought that was crazy. Um, Brooks, of course, misses this leg drop. Uh, Mascaras to the top flying crossbody off the top rope into the pinning combination for the win in nine minutes and 55 seconds. James, what do you think? It was a solid opener. As I said, you had a good guy, you had a bad guy. They did some great technical wrestling on the mat. The marquee says wrestling. What more do you want out of your first match? They told a great story. I'm going to give it three out of five. Three out of five stars. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good time, as any, to tell you about our new star rating system. You've heard of your Dave Meltzers. You've heard of your Brian Alvarez's. And we're better. And we got to get our shit in, too. <laughs> of course we do. So, uh, you know, we're just two white dudes with a podcast, just like every other podcast on the blessed earth. So, um, of course, you need to hear our opinions. That's why you're listening right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you're going to get a fucking spit take out of me here uh, eventually. It's phenomenal. Drink your cherry Pepsi. <clears throat> Shut the hell up. This was a one-star match, brother. I had... No interest in this. Oh, it didn't have flips. It was an Omega Okada. I didn't one even see star. one Canadian destroyer here, James. Oh, yeah. Let's say you, you want to see Ricky Morton, 63 years old, hitting Canadian destroyers. Would that make you happy? Yeah, actually, it was a pretty damn good Canadian destroyer. It makes me destroyer. pretty happy, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't see any light tubes. I saw no barbed wire. Nobody died for shoot ski. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why we were having pro wrestling back in the 80s. It, you, Get you and your garbage wrestling and, and get out of here. I, I don't want to hear any of it. We're going to watch some good old-fashioned wrestling, and you're going to like it. I am the internet wrestling community. It is me embodied. Uh, no, I mean... How many this, episodes until I start throwing things at <laughs> start it? Start choking me. We have to, that's for the video edition, baby. That's the Patreon content right there. One day we will have a Patreon, and it will stop being that's Patreon content jokes. But anyway... No, it will still be that Patreon content <laughs> jokes, and that's they, just going to be... They'll be real. They'll be real. It'll be awesome. Uh, One star match. I just like it was fine. It did the job. But man, you know who else did the job? Uh, It was it was Killer Tim Brooks, and it was a decent match. But I don't I don't know if I'd put it higher than one star. So that's my take. Good on you. Good on me. Good on you, boy. 
All right. Well, next up, we have Fritz Von Erich versus the Great Kabuki. Not even a single. It's just weird watching wrestling without like promo packages in between matches. I'm, I'm not used to it, so that's kind of entertaining to say the least. Um, there's also no roaming cam like throughout the entirety of the show. I'm sure that that comes in later on down the line, right? Because WCCW like revolutionized wrestling production, if I'm correct, right? Yes, uh, Mickey Grant and the entire production team there, they had some of the first uh, promo packages and uh, ringside interviews, things like that, that would go on to be used by just about every wrestling company, and most of that started in the early 80s with WCCW. It's crazy to think, like, the thing that I am making my living off of right now in pro wrestling is what we're about to watch the evolution of. Uh, I got to tell you all right now, none of that was here. Okay, that was just <laughs> not the case. One hard cam, we zoom it in, we zoom it out. You might get a little pan. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like there are some indie promotions that shoot off iPhones. iPhone hard cam, baby, it works well. That iPhone 13 Pro beautiful like retina display beautiful camera wild stuff uh we weren't exactly dealing with that in uh 1981 so when fritz von erich is making his way down the ringside i am having trouble discerning between fritz von erich and one of the fans uh which we're going to talk about one of the fans in this match by the way because this man goes crazy but fritz von erich comes out shirt on uh i don't i this is kind of near the end of his career he was winding down right not exactly the most tip-top shape in the world, which he takes the shirt off and we later uh, discover to be true, right? He's got that, like, Dick Murdoch ear belly, buggy whip arm, all kind of... That, that guy you wouldn't fight at the bar kind of thing. He doesn't look like a bodybuilder, but at the same time, I, I'm not going to mess with him. Well, and it's funny, because, like, those are some of my favorite guys on the scene. Like, even in Oklahoma, even, like, all throughout, man. Guys with, like... I, I don't want to say guys with a beer gut, but, you know, you have guys that are just big framed, and you're like, that's a dude that I would cross the street to avoid walking past on the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And it's the same thing, you know, you get from guys like uh, we mentioned in the last match with Killer Tim Brooks and now with Fritz. You know, there were those guys that just looked like they didn't look physically impressing, impressive, but they still looked like they would do some serious damage to you. Exactly. So Fritz von Erich comes out, starts doing the Tim Storm gimmick of making the entrance and, and signing every single thing in the audience. Uh, I, I've never seen this before. Uh, the fans being able to pass the guardrail or the barricade or whatever they had there and just the, the hop piece up of to rope the ring. that was very thinly draped around oh, there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, they they hop up to the ring and they just start shoving stuff in Fritz's face, and Fritz the, is like, "Okay." <laughs> the world was a much different place in 1981. Yeah, man. Like we can't do that anymore without the risk of a not even the risk, just like a social media threat being made towards someone's life. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, without a doubt. And uh, as we'd see later in this match. Uh, perhaps it's a tad bit for the better. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's true. So, of course, the great Kabuki comes out with Gary Hart. I didn't know Gary Hart was managing the great Kabuki in he the U.S. He was always managing the, the, the oddball characters. He was managing the great Kabuki. He went on to manage the great Muda. You know, if there was someone odd, someone bizarre, somebody of dark sinister origins Gary Hart was your guy to go to to explain and uh, we have Gary Hart to thank for the legendary green mist that we see Kabuki spraying so 
uh, Gary Hart, definitely a, a genius here. And uh, Well, it seems like they only like to set him up with Japanese people as well with the list of people you <laughs> gave. But, yeah, I mean, uh, he does a, a pretty good job here. He gets involved throughout the night. Uh, the announcer says that the reason this match is happening, we get actual backstory. Maybe I'll be interested in this match. We have, we have some character work. We have some storytelling. There's psychology in wrestling, James. Fritz Von Erich uh, is wrestling the great Kabuki because Kabuki attacked David Von Erich during a television interview and knocked out a few teeth. I, I don't know if the announcer was speaking in hyperbole here or what, but, you know, that's why this match is going on. Yeah, apparently those who got the two-hour local show uh, got to bear witness to that, and that is what set up this big match here at Star Wars. And uh, I just want to point out, uh, Kabuki here, as he enters the ring, had a, a, a sword. Uh, so, Wait, Drew, so, so, yeah. so, so Drew McIntyre, not the first to carry a sword Bro, in wrestling. Bro, gimmick Drew McIntyre? From the great Kabuki. Great Kabuki should be a... He should be hot. Gimmick infringement. He should be. I want my paycheck, brother. Where, where is it at? Where is it at? Royalties. Royalties, baby. Yeah, he would do the whole sting gimmick where it's like, just pay me a dollar, brother. <laughs> pay me a dollar. I'm going to get rich eventually. That's called that's called passive income right there, James. It's crazy. Oh, But what a match these two had. Basically, the whole story of the match, Kabuki trying to use his martial arts abilities to... Uh, kick and stay away from Fritz while Fritz is just trying to get his hands on him and apply the dreaded claw. Then he finally gets his hands on Kabuki. He manages to apply the claw to the stomach. He tries to apply it to the shoulder. And when he finally gets it on the head, Gary, the great Kabuki is in danger. They work back to the corner. And this is when a fan... <laughs> <laughs> decides is... to just jump on Gary Hart at ringside. That was crazy. This dude said, oh, bro, I got you, Fritz, and, and, and came out, and yeah, he, he tries to deck Gary Hart. Gary Hart no-sells it. He almost starts swinging or went to the Gary Hart problem solver, the straight razor all taped up, <laughs> and uh, the, he manages to collect himself. Dallas PD does their job, gets the guy back. He collects himself and just calmly grabs Fritz's ankle and starts <laughs> interfering and getting more heat. Nothing affected Gary Hart in Gary this Gary Hart gives zero fucks. So, of course, we get the Gary Hart interference spot. Gary Hart grabs the leg of Fritz Von Erich. David Manning with the most unnecessary Randy Orton-style punt kick to Gary Hart to try and break up this, this altercation. He backs up... He walks backwards on the apron and winds up and just soccer punts Gary Hart in the ribs to break this up. And then right after that, uh, David Von Erich hits the ring. And then you'd think it'd be a DQ. David Manning, after seeing Gary Hart interfere, decides referee's discretion here to... Uh, I guess allow some counter interference. Yeah. David hits a big drop kick on the great Kabuki, allowing Fritz Von Erich to pick up the win. In 10 minutes and 14 seconds, Kabuki does the Austin Aries sell from the, the Johnny Munda or Johnny Impact match, the, the Impact title uh, no, match. Let's, you know what I'm let's talking go about. more re 
more recently, it's like Natalia and Sacramento. Oh, yeah, okay. The the live event spot that was caught on garbage iPhone camera. I like it. Vertical cam, baby. You, That's you were my talking stuff. about iPhone 13. This was like iPhone 4. No, this was, yeah, it was potato footage, baby. Potato footage. Um, What are your thoughts? I mean, it's basic storytelling. As you mentioned, this was the end of Fritz's career. He'd be wrapping things up, uh, I believe, at the end of this year or next year. Uh, 81 or 82 so you know it, it wasn't prime Fritz but at the same time they told a great story Kabuki's got a style that allows him to stay away from Fritz Fritz just needs to get his hands on him and put that claw on his head and it's all over and Gary Hart's trying to make sure that doesn't happen well um, I give an automatic added half star for the line from uh, the announcer about Gary Hart who said quote if you don't know anything about Gary Hart you might assume that he's a lawyer or a banker <laughs> because he he's a, a dapper, dude in a suit he was a dapper dressed man put a dude in a suit and he becomes a lawyer or a banker in 1981 yeah, and well spoken from south side of chicago you know i'm smoking this announcer pack brother this is crazy i don't know who this announcer is but he's on fire here tonight um what would you rate the star out of five dave Meltzer? i'd give it a, again a solid three Okay. Yeah. I well, this this rating does go up to a one and a half due to the added half star, due to the uh, the announcer. Uh, this was fine. There was too much too much hot dogging and grandstanding for me, brother. And I I understand like that a part of it is well that's the '80s. The other part of it is well Fritz was winding down. I get it. I'm just dealing with the cards that were dealt to me. And or I'm I'm playing with the cards that were dealt to me. I'm redealing the cards. Yeah. If we start doing a 205 live review or something, five we'll, stars, five stars. It's gonna be a f- complete reversal. You're gonna be yeah. just going off about these matches, and I'm gonna be sitting here going, "All right." Well, Tope Suicida, bro. Do you are you telling me you don't remember the Heart versus Soul match? Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali, who's that who it was? Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. I don't even remember the match. <laughs> I, I remember I remember Mario Connors. That's gonna that's gonna pop like two people, and I, I'm really happy. I do not know what that means. And shout out to Bryson Scott. Shout out to Bryson Scott, that's true. Um Yeah, no, I well, first off, I don't want to get off this topic of Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Do you remember the spot where they were doing the whole one of them screaming heart, the other one screaming soul. Like, they're hit. Dude, you you need to find this eventually. We're going to review that on the Patreon. Patreon content, baby. Chop to Cedric Alexander. He screams, heart. Chop to Mustafa Ali. He screams, soul. And they're doing this back and forth. That's called psychology, baby. Listen, all I'm saying is if you threw Jim Ross... Current modern day Jim Ross that does commentary for AEW, and every single night we hear, well, I'm, where's the? He's not grabbing the damn tag rope. I don't know. He's complaining about rules. This is a mud show God, outlaw. God, God forbid there are rules in wrestling. We have sports. We have rules. Ah. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing: you have an entire disqualification waiting to happen in this match. Jim Ross would have had a seizure here tonight. I don't understand how David Manning, you know, he's probably too focused on his feud with Killer Tim Brooks. I don't know how David Manning watches David Von Erich get in the ring and go, all right, strike, strike, drop kick. Literally points at his dad, goes, hey, brother, I got this for you. Fritz covers him. He just counts it. It's, Stupid. It's the Von Erichs in Dallas, man. Stupid. I can't believe this. Well, we're not done with the Von Erichs. One and a half stars because of 
the the Gary Hart line. <laughs> yeah, well, I I probably I might have rated it more if it wasn't for that ending. That ending took away from it for me, man. If the ref was down, if the ref had his back turned, I mean, it would be heelish, sure, yeah, but Bronco whatever. Right. You know, you, you you do the how many ref spots can you do? They've already booked the ref once. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Doing it again, baby. All right. Well, next we have Carrie Von Eric taking on none other than the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Harley Race. This is not a match that I actually knew happened. The greatest wrestler on God's green earth. Well, referee Bronco Lubick here. What do you know about Bronco Lubick? Bronco Lubick. Uh, that guy. Former, yeah, that guy. <laughs> former wrestler turned referee, long-time referee in world class. We'll basically be seeing him uh, all throughout this run. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Fun. A great Bronco Lubick story uh, Jim Cornette tells. Uh, uh, by the time they got there in 84 or 85, Bronco was quite a bit older and was having a hard time getting down to make the counts. Mm-hmm. So in these smaller town shows, he would merely stand next to the rope and stomp his foot what? and make the count so he wouldn't have to get down to slap the mat. Well, hey, that's 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 called problem solving. I, I don't mean, know what you're modern talking about. Problems, modern problems require modern solutions. So, you know, I can't shame the guy. Yeah. But it, it's just a, a fascinating... I, I'd love to see some, like, small gym in Texas. And here's a 65-year-old referee just stomping his foot to make the count. He's tuning up the band. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? The heartbreak that, that, kid, that, Bronco Lubitz. That's where Shawn Michaels got the idea, watching Bronco count. Bro went to a show uh, in Texas and said, man, that would be cool. I just need a finish for that. I could I could stomp, bro. Be and crazy. then he saw Chris Adams. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch Chris Adams. Man. He's great. I love Chris that Adams is in, is in this WCCW lore here, he right? Will, he will show up in 1982. Woo. We're only two episodes away, baby. Two, two episodes out. Well, I believe he shows up in uh, March or April. Oh, okay. We're like 30 episodes out, but we'll find a way there. Hey, we'll, we'll see him eventually. Well, of course, Bronco Lubitsch. Right, that's the yes, name. Lubitsch. Cool, Lubitsch. It's, it's a German name or something. Some yeah. sort of European. Uh, yeah, who who'd have thought Lubitsch, Von Erich? You know, they all kind of <laughs> run together. Crazy. Where's Waldo when you need him, brother? Well, right off the bat, uh, first move of the match, we don't get any hot dog and any grandstanding. We don't even get a collar and elbow or a, or a Greco-Roman anything. Right off the bat, Kerry lifts up Harley Race, Gorilla Press. That's it. Okay. Hey, straight to it. And, of course, the big story going into this match on local TV coming into the match, uh, Kerry had put Harley in a sleeper hold and had actually put him to sleep on TV and pinned him in a non-title match, uh, basically part of Gary Hart's big uncrowned world champion story that we would see up until the David Von Erich Memorial Show, in which he would win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair. Uh, which Spoilers, seen, bro. What the hell? Um, I was even seen that, bro. What are you talking about? I didn't know that happened. Joking. Joking. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. Uh, continue. I apologize. I interrupted you. How dare I? I was actually into oh my, my point, God, so you just yeah. take that over. Well, I, no, I got you. Yeah, man. 
Carrie uh, Von Erich, of course, with this whole, like, they're really running this whole underdog story with a guy that looks like a million dollars and looks like he could murder, like, the entire roster, kind of. But um, it is what it is. Uh, we then go into, you know, a bit of a scuffle, quick pinning attempt into the rope break really early on into the match. Uh, I noticed a lot of rope breaks throughout this entire show. They were very heavy on the rope break. I don't think it was, like, overused. I don't think that it was unnecessary. It's just, like, they focused on that rule a lot more than I feel like modern wrestling really does. Definitely, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, we see it if you watch UFC, you know, all the time. Guys are on the ground, they end up crawling to the cage, get a hand in the cage, and, yeah, you know, they break it up. They get, hey, get your hand off the cage, similar thing. Same mm-hmm. thing in wrestling. When we set a rule like that, you know, and, and that's the great thing about the rules is you can play them into your story as much as you want or don't want. And in this case, uh, the rope break was something they were very high, very high on at the time. Well, you want to talk about story, massive storytelling here when Kerry Von Erich puts Harley in the sleeper. Um, I didn't know the the whole like uncrowned champion bit until you and I had talked about it after watching uh, the match separately. And so within that, we kind of have this whole, you know, Kerry Von Erich, oh, are you going to put him away with the sleeper again? I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Well, no, he doesn't because we get our second NWA rules spot of the night. Kerry Von Erich, uh, or Harley Race, I guess, launches himself over the top rope. Kerry Von Erich tries to plead to the referee. Uh, Bronco Lubitsch is like, I got you, Bruda. I know you're not that guy. And also, I do not want to cause a riot. So I'm not going <laughs> to DQ a Von Erich in Dallas. And we move on. Right in the middle of reunion arena. You're disqualified. Chairs start flying. That's probably the reason that the, that David Manning didn't disqualify a, a David Von Erich and Fritz. That I mean, I get it. It makes sense. You got a wife. You got a kid. You got a family you got to look after. No, I understand. 20,000 people in reunion arena getting hot would not be a fun sight to I mean, he just, he just ruined the integrity of this great sport, James. I don't know. Good Lord. Uh, we get a claw spot. Uh, Kerry Von Erich trying to put the claw in on the outside. Somewhere along the line, Harley's gushing. I don't know where this came from. It, it was. It, I don't know where it came from, but it, what a sight with Kerry just putting the claw on and blood dripping from Harley's head. Then Kerry finally gets the sleeper hold on Harley, the move that he beat him with on TV. We know he can put the champ to sleep, but the champ, being smart, drags himself as he's losing consciousness through the middle and uh, underneath the middle rope and falls to the outside, dragging Kerry with him. Uh, What a great save spot. I mean, he knows he's in trouble, so he's going to the outside to take advantage of that uh, champion's advantage. Oh, yeah, man. It was really smart. And uh, that champion's advantage does come into play here at the very end. Uh, as, I mean, we get some more brawling around. David Manning uh, comes in as referee because Bronco Lubitsch dies on the outside. He gets thrown to the outside yeah, that was by Harley. And then. Crazy uh, Charlie style, baby. You know okay, what I'm saying? The, uh, the Empire UWO fans are uh, laughing at that one if We're you're going in Oklahoma. Crazy. But nonetheless, he gets thrown out. Kerry tries to bring him back in. Uh, Harley knocks Kerry and Bronco back out to the floor. Kerry gets in. He gets in certain position. He's going to win. And there's no referee. There's at least a 10 count. 
Harley's knocked out, and here comes David Manning to the rescue. Yep, David Manning comes in. He's now the referee. Uh, we get some more brawling all around. This is a bit of a longer match compared to a lot of the ones on the card. Um, finish really comes when Harley is on the on the apron, I guess on the north side of the ring, uh, running diving knee attempt to the outside. We can't see the collision because, again, we are stuck on one hard cam shot, but apparently he's going for this knee. Could have been a crossbody. Could have been a cannonball sent on for all I knew. I couldn't see anything. And uh, apparently, according to the announcer, he missed carry. And all I can think about is Harley Race with no knee pads hitting the <laughs> cement floor. Bro, like everyone talks about like, oh, Cactus Jack went knees first into the into the steel steps in WCW. That's crazy. You know what else is crazy? Let's fall on concrete floor. Let's fall on marble floor, whatever this thing's made out of, with no <laughs> knee pads on. And better yet, let's go knee first on it right now, James. Come on. And that's why Jim Cornette said that Harley Race's knees felt like beanbags. <laughs> so brutal, man. I can't imagine that. But what a finish here. Kerry Von Erich, he grabs the belt, he holds it high, the cameras flash, but the hometown hero is just short of capturing the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Mm -hmm. After a 20 count, Harley Race does not make his way back in the ring. We get a double count out in 16 minutes and 31 seconds. And once again, David Manning strikes again, ruins the night. I mean, he, he damn near caused a riot by calling that double count out with this, but at least this is a, a much more, uh, I guess, compared to the result of either uh, David and Fritz Von Erich getting tossed out of a match or Kerry just happening to lose alongside Harley. You know what I mean? Like Everybody got their photo of Kerry holding the belt, and that's what made people feel good. Exactly. What would you rate this match out of five stars? It's Harley Race. The, the psychology is always going to be there. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. Wow. This is going down in the annals of, uh, of this podcast history. I'm giving it a two-star rating. We've, we've reached two, people. We've reached two. It took Harley Race, yeah. the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. Well, and here's the thing. I really feel because, like, everyone talks about Kerry Von Erich being really good. I don't know if he was very good. He was really over. Really over is probably the better yeah. description. And really I, over. I think that he was really good from a – I think he had charisma. Um, he, had, he had a lot of charisma. I think that his in-ring skill – wasn't here. He, he he was not David in the ring. Yeah, that was no, that's for that's, sure. That's true. And I think at a certain point he was starting to get that in ring skill. And then you had later on down the line the accident that you know leaves you without a foot, changes the way you wrestle. It's just kind of the way it is. Um, he just didn't have that skill here. Harley Race carrying him to like what was a really enjoyable match. I feel like it kind of went on a little long for my taste. It was a what a sixteen and a half minute match. Um, and, and that's not to say that I don't enjoy those otherwise, but, uh, you know, you put flair in there with Harley Race, 16 minutes feels like four minutes, and you're wondering why the match just ended. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I, I feel like the sign of a, you know, a match that goes too long is one where I'm, I'm checking my watch, I'm checking my clock, I'm like, man, what's, what's going to give here? You know what I mean? So uh, in the two-star match rating does not mean it was bad whatsoever. Like, it's probably one of my favorite matches on this card, so. Without a doubt, and then the next match for some tag titles. We never get an official name here. At one point, we hear NWA. 
Yes. At one point, we hear World Class Wrestling Association. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I, I didn't even know that they were going by World Class Wrestling Association at this point. I was not aware of that either. I was not aware of that until the... Uh, the split, the split right? from, from the NWA. Because the World Class Wrestling Association was supposed to be the NWA-like governing body. Exactly. Right? And so... But then the ring announcements and the announcer through most of the match just refers to them as the World Tag Team Titles, which is represented by a trophy, not belts. Phenomenal. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's it's a cool look. I mean, there were uh, it's like the uh, World Tag League in all Japan. They yes. have the trophy for the winners, mm-hmm. so I get it. I will say the NWA World Tag Team Titles are listed as the titles that were on the line according to Wikipedia. Not sure if that's actually. But there weren't like a national tag team titles like there were, you know, with the NWA World well, Heavyweight. It, it might have been like NWA World Tag Team Title yeah. parentheses uh, Texas, Texas version, yeah. you know, something like that. But I get what you're saying. No. But, but yeah, we don't get clarification on that. But it, it's for a trophy and proclaimed as a tag title match of some sort. Well, I'll tell you this much: we get our 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 160p. Uh, horrible frame rate footage of Kevin Von Erich and David Von Erich coming out to ringside. Incredibly massive pop. These guys are over like Rover in this arena here tonight. And then we get Hercules Ayala? Ayala? Ayala. Ayala. Hercules Ayala and Ali Mustafa, gotta be honest with you, did not know the difference between the two throughout the entire match, and the announcer didn't exactly help with that because I feel like there were a couple points he got them confused as well. I believe he did. There were a couple of times where the uh, longer, bushier-haired Hercules Ayala was called Ali Mustafa and vice versa. But, uh, you know, uh, too, as I said, I'd heard of uh, Hercules Ayala from his work in Puerto Rico, but uh, this is my first time seeing him in the U.S., so uh, and apparently holding these these tag belts from who knows where yeah one of these these tag belts that came from somewhere and they're not even belts it is one trophy and they hold the trophy together and that is that uh the beginning of the match the entire ring surrounded by the von erichites they're here the entire you know you you see you notice that the the faces tend to go i guess if you're looking at the screen it's like the bottom left corner of the screen and i feel like that's just because it's the easiest place for fans to get to so when fritz was out there the bottom left corner of the screen uh is where fritz went to because you're looking at this this four-sided ring and of course there's fans just surrounding this entire bottom left side but then david and kevin come out and you get the bottom left side surrounded, the bottom surrounded, the bottom right side. People are up all the way by Hercules Ayala and Ali Mustafa trying to get signatures and 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 everything else from Kevin and David. I mean, that's the def- like that's the dream, right? That's what you want out of your wrestling career. It, it seemed like about twenty five percent of North Texas was at ringside <laughs> at the start <laughs> of this match. I mean, it was a wall of people. It does not get more over than the Von Eriks in Dallas. Yeah, 100%. Um, James, what are your thoughts on this matchup overall? I mean, it was a solid tag match. I mean, uh, Hercules Ayala and Ali Mustafa uh, just beat down the Von Eriks for most of this match, and they were just uh, selling like crazy so that when they finally team up and make that huge comeback... That crowd is going bananas with them. And, of course, they pick up the big victory to win these tag title trophy 
I will belch. I will call this the NWA World Tag Team Trophy. It is what it is. Kevin Von Erich and David Von Erich defeat Hercules Ayala and Ali Mustafa, sending them back to where where did Hercules Ayala typically work? Uh, from Puerto Rico and wherever Ali Mustafa hails That's, from. That makes sense to me. What are you rating this match, brother? It was a good tag match. Again, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Nothing outstanding, but it was just solid and told a good story. Your rating lowers for this match. Mine rating, my rating ups for this match, two and a half stars. We're slowly climbing up. By the by, next week, we'll be having five-star bangers every single time. It's going to be incredible. But yeah, You're going to be the new Melcher. Seven stars, eight stars, nine stars. <laughs> uh, eight and a half, it was in the Tokyo Dome, baby. Now, the Sportatorium, all right, that, that might raise it more than the Tokyo Dome, more than Corkian Hall. But either way, um, no, I think this match did exactly what it needed to do. Uh, Kevin Von Erich and David Von Erich got their shine. Hercules got his heat. Ollie got his heat. They they did everything that they could, you know what I'm saying? And it just, I don't really know, honestly, what sets this match apart from the other matches on the card other than the fact that I was more entertained. And I feel like because I am so used to this indie-rific style of wrestling that I've come to love today... You put more bodies on the screen for me to pay attention to. You get more action. You get like you have more things to you're focus on. You're just looking for the train wreck. That's all you're watching for. It's like the it's like that ADHD brain sort of thing, man. Like you're like, ah, oh, well, they're just walking around each other. Oh, what are they doing over here? You know what I mean? Need your Adderall today. <laughs> I'm I'm out of Adderall, but I don't have any. Uh, of course, uh, I just want to point out, by the way. I talked at length on the last episode of the podcast, the first episode, how excited I was to see what I assumed was a very racially charged gimmick in Chang Chung. And if any of our viewers have any information on Chang Chung, I'm going to need you to send it our way, worldclasstvreview at gmail.com. Send us something. We'll read it. Trust me. We're Jim Cornette. Well, Charlie from Starkville is going to send us something, and we're going to read it live on air because I need to know something about Chang Chung here, James. We didn't even get to see this match. It was the apparent dark match, or at least it wasn't on the Peacock tapes. Chang Chung apparently defeating Bruiser Brody. I, I, I don't know how this happens. I don't know. How, how do you convince Bruiser Brody? We're, we're going to beat you with Chang Chung. I just assume that Brody went over constantly in Texas unless they told him we're putting the belt on you soon so we're gonna have to you know the chase is important whatever it was and even then I don't know (laughs) but we didn't have to worry about that long because uh, the main event of our peacock special oh my god this was not good it was the $5,000 Battle Royal and our think I think our unnamed slightly confused announcer said it best when he said there's really not much you can say unless you see it. Well, and it it's a battle royal. They also include pinfalls and submissions. Yes, that we, was interesting. Uh, we don't see any submissions, but we see a lot of dog pile pins. Yeah, which honestly, I think is great psychology. It's it's a great strategy. I've never thought about that, you know. So I've never seen like a battle royal or anything like that that had any sort of like pinfall or submission variation. I think AEW just recently did something kind of similar to that. Got to be honest with you, I have not watched it yet. Plan on doing so soon. Shout out my boy Brody King. But I got to tell you, I was picturing like. Well, you have one dude got having another dude in a lateral press hooking the leg. Meanwhile, you have 15 other guys 
surrounding like aren't we going to be tripping over each other but whenever we have eight guys dogpiling on one dude that makes it a lot easier to have that stipulation in the match and I thought it was really great um we have of course as James said this what they they labeled it as a Texas Battle Royal I will addend that with the Texas Battle Royal with Oklahoma booking because we are here this is everyone that was on the card and probably everyone that was supposed to be on the card, and then they said, brother, we ain't got enough to pay you. We can only put you on the Battle Royal. Chief White Cloud, Don Sutton, Brian Blair, you're all working free tonight, brother. Sorry to disappoint. And, of course, there are no unions in wrestling, so there is nothing we could do about that. Um, this match featured... I, I expected it to... So I'm sorry. The cage match had this match listed as featuring pretty much everyone on the card. David Von Erich, Hercules Ayala, Fritz Von Erich, Kabuki. None of these guys were in this match. Instead, you get some incredible characters such as uh, Jose Lothario, Jesse Barr, Chief White Cloud, Don Sutton, Brian Blair. Addressed as Lawman Brian Blair for whatever reason. Apparently he's stealing a... Don Slatton's gimmick. Phenomenal. Well, as the announcer said earlier, he looks like he'd either be a banker or a lawyer. This guy only looks like he could be a lawman or a criminal. There's no in-between, apparently. Bruiser Brody, Mr. Chang Chung, Ali Mustafa, Hercules Ayala, and Tim Brooks in the $5,000 Battle Royal. I got to tell you, I love the idea of this match. Like just being something where they're like, oh, we need one more match for the card. I mean, you've been you've been around booking meetings. Oh, we need one more match for the card. What are we gonna do? All right, battle royal. Well, what's the stakes? Money, baby. Five thousand dollars. I think we should start doing that more. Like the places we run that just have random battle royals. Why not, man? Just attach a dollar amount. It it doesn't need to be much. The two hundred and fifty dollar battle royal. No, I think that we should totally, like, we should be like, oh, it's a million-dollar battle royal. And then the fans are like, how do they have a million dollars and they're running in this building? What's going on? How about the hot dog and handshake battle royal? The hot dog handshake battle royal memorial tournament cup. The the hot dog and a handshake invitational battle royal. That's Because make it sound important. We're inviting people to take part in this and get paid a hot dog and a handshake. I think that's actually phenomenal. That means you have to deny the boys their hot dogs and handshakes if they don't win. So, I don't know. It might cause heat in the locker room, brother. I don't know if that could work. But nonetheless, back to the matter at hand as we proceed to just divulge into madness. This Bruiser Brody it's gets It's midnight, his- okay? I can't do this much longer. I just watched a world-class show that I was promised Chang Chung, and I didn't get Chang Chung, James, so I don't know. He, he gets eliminated quickly, but... Uh, Chang Chung, yeah. But uh, Bruiser Brody gets his win back because... He ain't doing two jobs in one night. You best believe that. <laughs> this match was nothing. Nothing important. Nothing cool. Did you know Jesse Barr got eliminated by pinfall? Who gives a damn is what I say. Jesse, what did you, who did Jesse Barr ever beat? Jesse Barr never drew a dime, all right? That's all I have to say. I don't know anything about Jesse Barr. I'm sure he's a lovely individual, but I just... I, I was about to say, I'm like, the whole Barr family is going to have heat with you now. They're going to be like, we raised some fine wrestlers. I'm sure he did. I just, I'm not familiar with him. So, either way, uh, I, Bruiser we, Brody... We, we must introduce you to Jesse and Art, and that that's our next project. We're watching Portland Territory. We're watching Art Barr? Oh, I'd love to watch me some Art Barr. Bruiser Brody eliminates two people at the end of the match. Uh, who are they? Couldn't tell you. 
Bruiser Brody eliminates him, wins a cool $5,000. I wish that we would have had kind of the, uh, you know, the Andre the Giant, Big John Stud spot where they had the money in the bag and you rip it open and blah, 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 and he starts tossing cash into the air. Well, we didn't get that here tonight. But what you do have is a half-star match. This match was not worthy of being a main event at all. Well, and it wasn't apparently at the live show, but at least in this uh, that tape that was aired, it was our highlight of the night, and it it wasn't good. This and, blows my mind. Who is editing a wrestling show? And even if you have to rework matches in the order of these matches and stuff, that's fine. That you sit here and go, oh well, we got to send the audience home happy, so they turn tune in next week. Oh, we got to leave them on a cliffhanger. Better let Bruiser Brody bury everyone in a battle royal to make sure everyone comes back. I know we just had two of our one of our greatest tag teams in the company go over for the world tag titles in some world that is you know, the, wor- the world tag cup. Yeah, the world tag. Yeah, the world tag league was just won by the Von Erics, but we couldn't put that on in the main, despite that being. 10 times as great of a match as this was. Ah, definitely some some questionable decision making there. On a overall decent card, I'd give it a thumbs up. I mean there was nothing you know, for as God much awful as much even the tag match. Yeah, the, you're the, right. the battle royal, you're excuse right. me. As much uh negativity as I my only negativity really toward the battle royal by the way is it should have been anywhere else on the card. You know what I mean? I I I really do think like opener, sure. I'm down for an opening battle royal. I don't think that that main event battle royal deserved to be there. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, for as much negativity as I may have about this show, I didn't see any topes. I didn't see any super kicks. It's like I was watching a Control Your Narrative event. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to handle myself. So, uh, you know, uh, despite all of that, I think it was a really decent show. Like, I think it was a fine introduction to me or for me for world-class championship wrestling i think that once i become more acclimated with heel face dynamics if we ever get stories in this company um i I know of a couple big stories they do we will when we get to tv yeah exactly um and i I think soon is like i i kind of get to learn more people's backstories like whenever we get into like 1982 1983 i want to be able to think well you know Five months ago, I just watched uh, world-class TV, and I remember this story, and so that's why this makes sense, and the long-term storytelling aspects come into play. Um, yeah, overall, I, I give it a, a good a good rating. C- minus is average and good for the way I felt. Like, it matches individual by individual match. I was kind of negative. Overall, as a show package, I actually did enjoy it. I don't know how that makes sense, but it does. You're just a miserable man, Walker. That's the <laughs> secret. You just want to be miserable all the time. Maybe that's why I'm happy, because it's over. Maybe that's why. It was a great card, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, even, you know, as I say, even the Battle Royal, at least it was over quickly. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they spared us a, a 20, 30-minute Battle Royal. But uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, the story in the Fritz-Kabuki match, and then the tag match had just great basic tag team wrestling. I mean, what more could you want? So, you know, overall, as I said, thumbs up, you know, B-minus paper, er, pay-per-view. Yeah, I guess uh, it technically, well, it wasn't on pay-per-view, It was right? not on pay-per-view. This was, Special this would be premium like premium live event, James. We're going, this is fewer, uh, future forward well, branding. We are on the cock, so, yeah. We are on the cock. I would like to get off the cock, but sadly, we are still 
on the cock for the next show. And we're going to tell you all about that next show. We're going to break down match by match. Now, as we found out in this show. And if anybody has some uh, WCCW tapes they would like to mail to us, uh, yeah. you know, send us an email. You uh, Google Drive them to us if you really wanted to. <laughs> Just give us time to download them, please, so we don't waste $50 again. WorldClassTVReview at gmail.com if you've got any of those. Shameless plug. Yes, of course. And also send in your questions. Send in your things. Send in your hate mail. I want you to tell me that my wrestling opinions are wrong. So that way I can say Tope, Super Kick, Canadian Destroyer, one, two, three. You know what? I could tap someone out with a Canadian Destroyer if I found a way. And I'll do it, James. Don't think I won't. We're in the business. We'll find a way. Someone will let me, a wrestling commentator with no experience and no training, get in the ring. <laughs> and find a way to tap a dude out with it's like a it's like Cody pinning a dude with a with the figure four. How does that work? Why are you able to do that? That's what I'm going to do with the Canadian Destroyer. And somebody will sadly book it. I'm, I'm <laughs> but give us a look forward to what we've got coming up on Christmas Star Wars because apparently the October eighty one Star Wars show just does not exist on Peacock. Well, I'll tell you what you do have to look forward to on Christmas Star Wars. It's me time traveling to go find Tiny Tom in Little Tokyo and tapping him out with the Canadian Destroyer, and that is going to be I'm going to win the 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 best wrestling move award in the nineteen eighty two Wrestling Observer newsletter. It's going to be crazy. Um, now, of course, next show it's actually titled NWA Big Time. Christmas Star Wars, of course, big time wrestling being Fritz von Erich's, uh, I guess the the old name for the promotion that it was then, World Class Championship Wrestling. We start off this card with probably the most underrated match I I will ever watch on this card. El Negro Assassin taking on Dick Blood, James. Richard Blood, uh, not that one, not Ricky Steamboat. No, not wrong. You, you got excited for a second. You yeah, heard Dick yeah, Blood? Yeah, yeah. Got excited, you little freak? No, it's Richard Blood, a completely <laughs> different person. Oh, nonetheless. <laughs> Richard Blood taking on El Negro. <laughs> Negro Assassin. Oh, nonetheless. Oh Richard Blood taking on El Negro Asesino. And then we have, you mentioned him earlier, a special midget match with Tiny Tom taking on Little Tokyo. So it, was this a period of time, did World Class respect this style of wrestling, quote-unquote, or am I going to sit through the most like insensitive five minutes of my life with Tiny Tom and Little Tokyo? It's midget wrestling in the 80s, brother. I don't know what else I can tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, then we've got an NWA Texas Brass Knuckles Championship. We have Jose Lothario challenging the big cat on his lad. Oh, the big the cat. champion. The Brass Knuckles champion walking into that match, Ernie Ladd. Then we've got a tag team match with Arman Hussein and Carlos Zapata taking on the team of Alberto Madrill and Blue Demon. That should be one to see. The UWA World Junior Light Heavyweight Championship is on the line from UWA down in Mexico. El Solitario defending against Killer Tim Brooks, uh, a man we uh, talked about earlier okay. today. I have a problem here. First, I have two problems here. All right, I have three. Pro no, I have two. You wasn't enough to put 
junior heavyweight championship wasn't enough to put light heavyweight championship this is a junior light heavyweight title explain that to me is that a double double negative is this actually a super heavyweight title is that what we're getting at here? Uh, two, two negatives do, might, in fact, equal a positive. Well, the, if, if that's the case, then maybe that's why Tim Brooks qualifies for this match. But I did not look at Tim Brooks in that last in that last episode we watched and go, oh, but uh, that's a cruiserweight right there. But uh, I don't I don't know why he's working Moscados. I mean, I know he was working that lucha style hey, with him. Hey, but... hey, light heavyweight used to start at two or used to be below two twenty five. So oh, you know. Lord. I still don't think that's true, but okay. And then, sorry to steal your thunder, brother, but I got to be the one to tell you. It's the Texas death match, baby. It is the great Kabuki in the blow-off with Fritz Von Erich. That is going to be something. I mean, I don't see Fritz Von Erich, like Ric Flair-style, bleeding all over the place, but I also, I've never seen the match, and I don't know much about it going in other than what we watched of them today, so... Going to be interesting, right? The Amarillo-Texas match favorite has made its way to Dallas, the Texas death match. The great Kabuki faces off with Fritz Von Erich one last time in Reunion Arena. I look forward to seeing that on our next episode. Then we've got... Oh, this, this... This is the most cracked out match I have seen. This is going to be I mean, interesting. It'll only be two episodes in. I'm already calling it the most cracked out match. Two ring... Six-man tag action. The Von Erichs, and that's David, Kevin, and Carrie, take on Bill Irwin, Frank Dusick, and Tengu. Is it Tengu? Tengu. I wow. Have, I'm not familiar I, with Tengu. I, I, I am not familiar with Tengu's run. Uh, of course, we have seen... Uh, yeah, we saw Frank Dusick, I believe, in that Battle Royal, and then... Uh, Did we? <laughs> possibly. Okay, yeah. And then uh, Bill Irwin, uh, better known as the goon to most fans in the WWF. Big goon guy, th- yeah. Th- this is what happens when you tell Vince McMahon you played hockey when you were growing up. You become the goon. Yeah. They almost give that, that gave that gimmick to Jericho. Did you know that? Oh, my God. They go, you're Canadian? <laughs> well, listen here, pal. Your father played hockey? <laughs> Oh, my God. Ted. I just don't know. I mean, if there's any match out of this card that I think is going to feel like that indie-rific super-style match I want to watch, it might be this one because it sounds like we're going to basically be having two matches in two different rings, and it's just going to be one of the Von Erichs and one member of the other team, one of the Von Erichs and one of the other members of the other team, two separate rings. You know what I mean? But I don't don't know what to expect there. It's going to be interesting to see. And then, of course, since you've got two rings set up, you might as well have a 14-man two-ring $10,000 battle royal. Wow, you might right, as well, right? It was $5,000 for one ring. Yeah. So if you're going to have a two-ring battle royal, it only makes sense that you have $10,000. I'm pretty pot. certain that there were at least 14 men in the battle royal we reviewed earlier, and they said this wasn't enough. Too many complaints to HR. We're bringing in a second ring, and, of course, we're up in the prize pool just because we can, of course, in the, I guess it's not going to be too far off until we get that million dollar battle royal I was talking about. Ted DiBiase is going to make his debut. It's going to be crazy. We're going <laughs> to love to Ted see Ted DiBiase it. Memorial Battle Royal worth $1 million. That, that's what we're going to do. We're, we're paying tribute to DiBiase. Wow, that's awesome. So that is what you can look forward to on World Class Championship Wrestling's NWA Big Time Christmas Star Wars 1981 on Christmas Day, December 25th in 1981. What are you, what were you doing in 1981? 
All right. Well, we're out of time. We're out of time. You were 20 years from being born. Yeah, I guess that's true. 2001, right? 2000. Yeah. Which one was it? 2001? 2001, yeah. Oh, my God. You're talking... (laughs) This is the problem here, all right? I am expecting Ring of Honor pure style matches from a company that that came around about 26 years before Ring of Honor and really longer than that, the 50 years before... Either way, um, I'm really excited for where we're going to go. This was a really fun thing to record. James, I am very happy that you decided to uh, join me on this episode of the World Class Television Review Podcast. I mean, of course you'd join me because we are doing this together, but, you know. It's a pleasure to be joining you. We're going to have some fun. The journey has only begun onward to Christmas. Uh, are, are we going to be singing Christmas carols next episode, Walker? I'm sure we could find at least one. Oh, is that the Patreon content, baby? Uh, that, that's some Patreon content right there. That might be OnlyFans content. I don't know. Like That's oh, real extreme. Hey. you got to pay for this voice. You know what I mean? Hey, Listen up, promoters. you got to pay for these voices, okay? Hey, hey uh, world-class TV review OnlyFans coming soon. Woo! Of course, if you want us to read your review, Views live on the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, whatever you want. It can be any form of podcasting platform. Of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WCC WCCW Pod Review. Or is it I butchered it again, James? God, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WCC me don't forget to follow us on twitter at wccw review pod i finally managed to say it same tag on facebook wccw review pod should be in the description or the bio section of whatever you are listening to us on uh right now of course any podcast platform well james do you have anything that you want to say take me back to texas when i die